A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie, to see the amazing 222 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Good morning. The sun is shining. There's only one song I can play. Here's Katrina and the Waves. Oh, it's a guilty bop along, feel good song. Walking on sunshine. Katrina and the Waves kicking us off this morning. Sinead Brazel here with you. Good morning. Oh my God, it's a miracle. The great big yellow ball is shining brightly in the sky. Could it be... Has summer finally actually arrived on our shores? I do believe it is so because um, Met Aaron have said, they have said that there'll be a return to higher daytime temperatures from now kind of over the next couple of days, which is fantastic. Joanna Donnelly was talking about this and she says temperatures starting to rise over the next few days. So we should see higher daytime temperatures Um, and that's good. And it looks like it's going to stay. Those are the very words that came out of her mouth as well. Uh, She says that when we get a high pressure, uh, once it's established, it kind of sticks around for a little while. And at the moment, she says, it looks like it's going to stay with us. And I know... Normally, Met Erin are probably very tentative when they say these things, but it looks like it's actually finally starting to happen. Sun in the sky. Oh my, what a great day it is. Uh, So make the most of it, people. Get out in the garden, get out to the beach, soak it up, because who knows, tomorrow could be raining. It's Ireland. Want to mention this uh, little girl today, because today is the day. You might remember... Last week on the programme, we were chatting to Ian and his lovely daughter, Evine, who's only nine. They are from Nobber and uh, Evine, at the age of seven, like imagine this now, at the age of seven, she decided in the midst of the lockdowns and everything and in the midst of COVID, she says, I want to do something for somebody else. I want to give back. And she decided at the moment uh, when she was seven that she was going to grow her hair really, really long. She wasn't going to get a cut apart from the trim, you know, which kind of encourages the growth. She was going to stick with it. Two years later, like that is a big commitment for somebody that's only seven. Two years later, she's nine at the moment and uh, the big chop is happening today and it's for two charities, um, the Knobber Cancer Support Group and Evine's Pink Tie. 
they are the people that are going to be benefiting from the money. I'm on her page right now, Evening's Hair Chop for Charity. It's on GoFundMe. She had a very small goal initially. She decided to up it to 1,000. Then she surpassed that. So she says, I'll up it again to 1,500. She surpassed that to 2,800 at the moment on this donate page, which is just fantastic. And uh, what they're going to do is they are going to use the hair that she has grown. And it's so long. It's so, so long. And I know it's driving her bonkers, the hair. So uh, she's going to chop it up to shoulder length or just above her shoulders. And all of that gorgeous hair is going to go to the Rapunzel Foundation who are uh, making wigs for people that are going through treatment. What an incredible little girl at the age of seven, first of all, doing this. She's nine now. Today is the big day. The big chop is happening in the art of hair. I think it is in Navin. And uh, really wanted to send her out big, big love and support because I know it's been such a long time. And last week when we were chatting to her, she was like, I really just want this hair gone. It's driving me mad. And I understand because it's all the way down, way, way down her waist at this stage. Uh, so fair play to her. I had to give her a shout out. If you want to drop her a couple of euro, even two, two or three euro, the price of a cup of coffee or something like that, they would so appreciate it. If you head over to GoFundMe.com, Evie's Hair Chop for Charity, you'll see it there. We also uh, posted her link on our Facebook if you scroll back back through you'll find it there as well uh, but I want to wish her the very best as the hair chop happens today There's Rihanna only girl in the world especially for Evie and Primrose in Nobber who's cutting all her hair off today for two very worthy causes Now just want to remind people that next Tuesday that's the 12th of July in Dundalk Stadium it's Ladies Day Yeah uh, Now there's a full dual race card uh, up for grabs all this week on the late lunch and on our Facebook page you'll have the chance to win a fantastic day out at the races for you and three friends So tune in to Jerry in the afternoon uh, and also keep an eye on our Facebook Facebook page uh, to win this great prize. So that's happening on the late lunch a little bit later on. Now back to ourselves and round about this time in the morning, right, 20 past 11, I would have had my breakfast roughly between half seven and eight, around that kind of time every day. Normally it's a good porridge, all that. But around this time, I could potentially be getting hangry. You know, when you're like hungry and then the anger creeps in, the irritability. Well, apparently scientists have verified that this is an actual thing being hangry. I'm going to tell you all about it after these. 11 to 1. Yes, it's around about the 11th's time of the day. You could be feeling a mixture of hunger and anger. We call it hangry when you're hangry. Uh, this is what, what people refer to this as. And it's been used colloquially for quite a while. But now a study has backed up this kind of notion of being hungry and angry at the same time. I love a study on this show. I really do. Particularly when it benefits me. Anyway, if you've skipped lunch and found yourself trying not to lose your temper on your evening commute or you're maybe ignoring your rumbly stomach right now this is the hangry feeling that could come upon you where you're getting hungry and angry at the same time and uh, as I say a study has found that it is a real phenomenon yep the hunger and negative emotions do come hand in hand so <laughs> uh, the study uh, in humans found that when blood glucose levels were low married couples were more likely to insert a larger number of pins into a voodoo doll <laughs> representing their spouse <laughs> <laughs> and blast louder noises at them through headphones compared to when their glucose was higher. 
There you go. You see, look at all of these things in the name of science. Uh, in this study, they aim to directly determine the relationship between hunger and negative emotions and generate robust real world data outside of lab settings. So achieve this by doing uh, the ESM method uh, to study. I don't know what that is. Uh, but basically, uh, participants signed up uh, for an app that the researchers used for data collection. For three weeks they had uh, received five daily smartphone notifications prompting them to complete a short survey. So they were fixed just before main meal times. So at 8am, 12 and at 6. Okay, so when they were likely to be hungry. And then they were two randomly sent between 9 and 11 and 1 and 5 in the day as well. And these are to collect the data to kind of, you know, kind of get their uh, gauge on emotions and hunger levels and that kind of thing. So the results of the study suggest that hunger is indeed associated with stronger feelings of negative emotion, such as anger and irritation and a reduction in ratings of pleasure. Hunger accounted for 56% of the variance in irritability and for 48% and 44% of the variance in anger and pleasure. So therefore, the scientists are saying that there is in fact truth to this hangry feeling. So if you know somebody that gets a bit irritable when they're hungry, look, at science has proven that this is actually a thing, being hangry. So my tip to avoid being hangry, eat regularly. Do beautiful day on LMFM's 11 to 1. Very shortly, we're going to be meeting Jerry Toomey. He's a solicitor from Limerick. What's he at? Well, he's running 10 kilometres in all 32 counties and he's raising money for the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. He is going to be in our local area in the next, uh, this, this weekend actually, and he wants people to run along with him. We're going to join him very, very shortly. First, let's have a bit more music. Here's Elton John. There's Elton John, Dua Lipa, Cold Cold Heart on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now this guy definitely does not have a cold, cold heart. He's got a warm, warm heart, that is for sure. He set himself quite a challenge. He's going to run 10 kilometres in all 32 counties of Ireland. He set off last week uh, on Friday from Waterford. He's now in Clare and he completed his run last night. He's going to be heading up our direction to Louthan Mead this weekend. I'm going to be joined by Jerry Toomey. He's going to tell us all about the challenge and all about uh, why he's doing it just after these. 11 to 1. My first guest has set himself quite the challenge to run 10 kilometres in all 32 counties of Ireland and it's all for a really worthy cause. He wants to raise funds for the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. Limerick solicitor Jerry Toomey set off on Friday last from Waterford. He's now in Clare where he completed his run last night and this weekend he's going to be heading up this direction. He's going to run 10 kilometres in Louth and 10 kilometres in Meath and he's encouraging everybody to join in with him. I'm delighted to have Jerry on the line with me now. How are you doing Jerry? Uh, and thank you and thank you for having me on your show and Sinead and hello to all your listeners Oh I love the Kubla Fuckel Gaelga getting smithereeny of it coming in there that's absolutely gorgeous uh, but Jerry, tell us you've set this yourself quite the challenge uh, how are things going so far you started last Friday Yeah it's going great thanks Sinead uh, the challenge is to run 10 kilometres in all 32 counties during the calendar month of July uh, so we started off in Waterford, my dad's birth home. Uh, we did Waterford last Friday. We did um, Wexford and Carlow on Saturday. We did Kilkenny and Leash on Sunday. Uh, had, a, had a rest day then, much needed. Rest of the weary bones. And then we did Cork on Tuesday and Clare yesterday. Okay, so you've got a good lot of uh, counties in already. But tell us, what made you take this on? Where did the idea for the challenge come from? Um, well, my dad was a motor neuron disease victim. He died in 2010 after a, a long but 
courageous uh, battle against motor neuron disease. Um, so um, in 2010, he died. In 2012, he would have turned 70. So to mark his 70th birthday, or what would it have been his 70th birthday? In that year, uh, I ran from his birth home in Tremor of County Waterford and ran to my mum's house in in Limerick. So I, my, my grandmother was alive at the time, my dad's mum. So I kissed her on the cheek at the door of the house he was born in and ran to my mum's house and kissed her on the cheek at uh, the door of the house uh, he called home when he died. I love that. That is such a lovely thing. I can even see it as you paint, you're painting the picture there so lovely, Jerry. So that was, thanks so much. So that was uh, 146 kilometres, which I ran in a week back then. Wow. Uh, so I thought I'd do something again for his 80th, which would be this month. Uh, so for this month, I'm, I started at his same birth home and um, I'm going to end up at my mum's house, hopefully, if I can do it, uh, at the end of the month. Oh, there's no, there's no question you're going to do it, Jerry. Absolutely. I, I know by chatting to you this morning, you're a man on a mission. You were determined with this. So, so tell me about um, your dad. He, his name is John and he passed away, as you said, in 2010. But when was he diagnosed uh, with motor neuron disease and, and how did he take the news? Thanks so much for asking. Um, it was 2002 and uh, my dad was an extremely strong man. He said um, he got to the acceptance stage very quickly. Um, he clicked his fingers, he says, and he accepted the news. Mm. He was very strong and courageous that way. He'd be resilient and he'd just be accepting. Uh, it was a testing and arduous journey, of course, for him. Um, but uh, he did it somehow with a big smile on his face. In fact, what we used to say, Sinead, was uh, he may have motor neuron disease, but motor neuron disease will never have him. I mean, to, you know, to hear, as you say, him and his courageous spirit to not let the condition beat him. It's such a dreadfully horrific thing to have inflict on somebody. I mean, we see it now so publicly as well with with the amazing Charlie Bird and everything that he's doing to raise awareness of the condition. But, you know, your dad is always going to be this strong, you know, figure in any kid's mind, no matter what age you become, Jerry, It must have been so difficult, though, for you guys to watch him deteriorate. Extremely so. Um, But after a while, I suppose you just try and ignore the negatives and focus Mm. on the positives. Uh, his strength gave us strength. Um, so with that, it's it's more a thing of being grateful for what you do have uh, rather than focusing on the negatives or the... I mean, with, with motor neuron disease, it can bring awfulness, but it can also bring gifts. Um, I was living in Dublin at the time, and I moved down to, to mind and care for him and help him. And with that, uh, we became far more closer than we ever would have been. And that's a gift. Uh, and how strong he was through the disease uh, and how well he fought it. Um, I felt immeasurably stronger because of how he did that. Yeah. Uh, so me and my wife and our children uh, have grown from the experience. So as I say, there may be awfulness, but there are also gifts with motor neuron disease. Do you know what? It takes this very special person, I think, to find gifts like that in the midst of something that is so you know, heart-wrenching to look at, you know, and really and truly, I think that is the real strength of character for your family and for you, Jerry. So that's why I have no doubt that you're going to absolutely nail this challenge. I really do. Um, you're hoping to raise money for the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. They were a real support to your dad and to the family. Immeasurable support. They were just so good. Uh, anytime we have to ask for something or support or help or advice, uh, they were there and they were there quickly. Uh, there was one time when there was a wobbly bit. Well, I'd explain. Um, 
Uh, we went from one day not needing a hoist or not even knowing that we'd need a hoist at any stage. And overnight we needed a hoist. Um, so we were told that a hoist was going to be 10,000 euro. So where do we get that? So we, we rang the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association and, and, and asked them for their help. Can, is there one to rent or, or borrow or anything? And they said they didn't have any hoist. And on top of that, at that very time, they were completely broke as an organization, as an association. So they couldn't help. They'd love to help, but they couldn't. Uh, so they were, we, we then set about trying to look for the hoist ourselves. Um, and then two days later, believe it or not, the association rang us. Uh, and they said that somebody somewhere had done some fundraising and the hoist was on its way. Oh, my God. And when you, here when I am, <laughs> 12 years later, trying to repay that moment. To of course. Association. Of course. And, you know, this is, you know, we hear all the time, you know, we hear about how charities need funding and how every little bit helps. And then just when you hear that side of things, the charity couldn't help, somebody fundraised, then the hoist was given to your family. I mean, that is the exact thing in motion, isn't it? Of how the power of charity, the power of giving, the power of generosity from other people. It really is incredible. So th- yeah. this is why you're, you're doing this challenge. And I mean, it's been tough El road. You've been training for this now since January, I believe. Yeah, six months of training, 750 kilometres into the legs uh, to try and have the strength. Uh, lots of it in East and West Clare, where it's hilly and windy. Um, usually when, when I was in my past if I was going out for a run I'd try and find the flattest of course <laughs> easiest route <laughs> uh, but this time um, with my friend from Broadford Mark um, we just went up and down the hills over in Broadford in East Clare and then down to Kilkee uh, out the Dunlicky Road and with the, with the Atlantic winds blowing and even in some of the storms over the winter uh, just to really test myself so Whatever, whatever I have to face this month should be a pleasure by comparison. Oh, you really have had all the elements thrown at you, that's for sure, yeah. for training for this. But you're coming up here. We're very excited. You're coming up to Louth and Mead this weekend. You're encouraging people, whether they are avid runners, whether they're people who just want to support you, whether they're people maybe affected by Irish, uh, by the motor neuron disease themselves, or they want to help or give back. Anybody and everybody of all fitness levels, welcome to join you. Absolutely, everybody. Um, uh, uh, motor neuron disease patients, especially, uh, and their families, I know what they're going through. I know we touched on it earlier when my dad's strength was mentioned, but I think every motor neuron disease patient out there uh, has the same. I think it puts them on a pedestal to show just how strong and courageous they can be and their families with them, especially their life partners. I consider motor neuron disease that you could have a primary victim where a person actually has the disease, but uh, their wives, husbands, life mm-hmm. partners, they're primary victims too. They have to suffer with uh, their beloved ones uh, and then their family and their supporters and friends. I'd love to meet every one of them along the way. Every time we go somewhere, we meet somebody. We have the T-shirts on and people come and talk to us uh, and we make instant and deep connections with fellow members of Motor Neuron Disease family. I'd love to see as many of them out and about as possible. Uh, I'll travel to them if they can't travel to me. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. And, and, and any runners who want to come along and just show their support or, or come along for the fun or just say hello at the start or at the finish uh, or just join us even yeah. for moments. I'd be grateful. You would love the company because no doubt it is tricky trying to do this on your own. So it's nice to have a bit of company along the 10K route. But if people want to donate, I know that you have an I Donate page set up if people want to give a couple of euro there. Yeah, can I just take you back momentarily? Yeah. Because she'll kill me because she's listening in, but my <laughs> wife has joined me for every uh, inch of the journey so far on her bike. Uh, so she's struggling along with me. So it's not, I'm never on my own. 
um, so far and uh, looking forward to more with her. Uh, what's the, your, what's your lovely wife's name? Oh, sorry, did I not mention Anita. Anita, fair play to you. Listen, behind every good man, there's a great woman, isn't that it? Certainly is. <laughs> be nothing without her. Um, so she's been every step of the way with you through this yeah. journey and that's a testament to her as well and, and, and to, to your relationship, that support that you have there. So people, if they want to donate, they can do that through the iDonate page. The, yeah, there's an iDonate page. It's idonate.ie uh, forward slash run for John. Uh, but I think if you Google the, the run, you might be able to find links to it. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, uh, just putting updates up. I'd love the followers. Um, it's This isn't about me or it's not about the run. This is about motor neuron disease patients and the IMNDA and the wonderful work they do. Uh, so I'd be delighted for the association and for everybody who's touched in any way by motor neuron disease uh, to follow and like and share and donate. Um, going by what we said earlier, I think... Hopefully your listeners will agree that the IMNDA are an extremely worthy cause. Oh, absolutely. They really are. And we will put that on our social media as well, that link to the donate page. Jerry. you have my word on that. I'm wishing you the very best of luck with the rest of this challenge. I've no doubt uh, that you're going to do it and there's going to be a lot of people cheering you on. But for now, thank you so, so much for joining me. Can I just finish? Um, yeah. The Mead leg I'm don- de- dedicating to Susan Egan who passed away last August from motor neuron disease. Her sister, Louise O'Connor, uh, was in touch after seeing uh, the social media postings. So it's this, that one's for Susan. Uh, Sinead, thank you so much for having me on your show. Will we be seeing you in your runners? Oh, listen, you know, stranger things have happened, Jerry. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, thank you so, so much for joining us. Jerry Toomey there. Isn't he an amazing man? He really is. And to do that run for Susan Egan from, from County Mead as well is really special. If you want to join Jerry, you can take part in a 5 or a 10k, right? It's happening on Saturday, okay? So Saturday morning, he's heading off from 10.15am. That's starting from the River Nanny Car park in Laytown. Okay, so that's the Mead one. That's at 10.15 the River Nanny car park in Laytown. The Loud Run is going to happen on the Greenway in Omead. So he's going to set off from the pier on Station Road, Omead at 4pm and he's going to run along there along the Greenway and turn back. Okay, so if you want to join in, he would be so, so appreciative of that. And just that I donate page again, idonate.ie forward slash run for John. 11 to 1. Oh, Jerry Toomey, what a man, what a man. And sometimes when you have an interview like that and you chat to somebody about something that's been so awful for the family and so, you know, personal to go through, you go through a range of emotions yourself, you know, don't you? You really do. And um, I just have to commend him. I really do. I just think he's amazing. There's a couple of messages coming in here actually about it. Christine says, what a wonderful man Jerry is. He's touched my heart today. My mum died from MND. It's an awful disease. I wish him all the best of luck in the world on his run. Somebody else saying, what an amazing, inspiring man he is. Best of luck on your run. And somebody else asking whereabouts they can join in uh, in the Mead area. Uh, so the just to kind of reiterate the details of that again. So Saturday morning, quarter past 10, he's going to start off from the River Nanny Car Park in Town. OK, so that's the Mead one. And then the Loud one is going to be later that day. So it's going to be from 4pm, Station Road, Omeath at 4pm. And look, anything at all, any little donation at all to the idonate.ie run for John, it would just be so, so appreciative. Uh, I know Jerry would would mean a lot to Jerry and obviously the amazing work the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association are doing. I'll put the link up later on on lmfm.ie if people want to donate as well. 
Uh, now, getting back to the present moment, and actually, it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 7744455. Scenes as Wimbledon's in full swing. On this day in 1972, Wimbledon women's tennis, Billie Jean King earns her eight Grand Slam singles title. And now this is just torturing me. Me that's on my healthy lifestyle and everything. Today is chocolate day. I mean, seriously, talk about a day just like made for me, a complete chocoholic. <laughs> uh, so there you go. It's a dedication to the world's greatest invention, is what I'm going to say. So chocolate day today. Enjoy it, people. I'll just watch from the sidelines. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. News at 12 is approaching and after that we're going to be chatting to Hazel Mullins, our vet from Highfield Veterinary Clinic in uh, Navan. Now she's going to be talking about dry eye in dogs, which again I had no idea about, but this apparently affects specific breeds of dog so she's going to talk about why this happens uh, the symptoms of it treatment available all that kind of thing also I have my TV recommendations for you as well Uh, the documentary I don't know if people saw the first part of it it aired on Tuesday night I think it's going to air again actually tonight on Channel 4 Uh, it's uh, all to do with uh, Jeline Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and all that we're going to be talking about that in our TV recommendations also there's a great Spanish drama dropping on Netflix as well. That's all coming your way after 12 News. 11 to 1 with There's Train with Drops of Jupiter, Jupiter even, on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. You can get in touch on 086 1800 658. A couple of things happening locally that I'm pretty excited about that I'm going to reveal over the next little while on the show. But the first thing I want to talk about is the brilliant author Nicola Cassidy. She is from Drogheda. And uh, she has, I follow her on Instagram, of course I do, and she has revealed the cover of her new book. It's her fourth novel. It's her fourth novel. Can't believe it. So she started off with December Girl. Absolutely brilliant. Then I loved, I really, really loved The Nanny at number 43. That was out in 2019. And then she had Adele, which I really loved, which was the story of Fred Astaire's sister in 2020. Now this one is called The Emerald Spy. And she says, cover reveal, say hello to The Emerald Spy. Spy. My lockdown novel inspired by the true stories of World War II refugees to Ireland. It's publishing on September 7th with Poolbeg, which is amazing. So I'll give you a little detail of the actual plot of this now, right? So it says, In the simmering tensions of summer 1939, a group of evacuees flee Nazi persecution in Vienna for the sanctuary of a new town house in Ireland. Haunted by their pasts and those they've left behind, Christina Muller and Hans Schmidt struggle to settle into their new rural Irish home. When a Nazi secret agent parachute lands on the local beach, Christina and Hans find themselves caught up in a plot espionage and IRA politics that will change their lives forever. But who is the true Emerald Spy and what do they want? Now, seriously, just judging from that little snippet alone there on it, I am completely intrigued by this. So I asked Nicola 
Is she going to have a launch? Is she going to do the whole shebang? Because she did kind of miss out on a bit of razzle-dazzle when it came to the Adele launch. So she is planning a big event. But there you go. Nicola Casti, new book in the pipeline. And I know a lot of people uh, will be eager to, to read this because there's she's a lot of fans around this area. So there you go. It's called The Emerald Spy and it'll be out in September. Now let's see what else is happening in the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Louise. Thor Love and Thunder is out this weekend. It's directed by Taika Waititi and stars Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Christian Bale as Gore, Natalie Portman as the Mighty Thor and Tess Thompson as Valkyrie. The blue carpet premiere was in London this week and Taika told us how he felt taking on a Marvel movie. No, I just had a, my second child the other when I did Ragnarok and I was, it was really about like... I think I should do a studio film and uh, make some money. But then I was able to go do this, the film and it did really well and, it, and I felt like it was my film. And then when they said let's do another one, it was just, yeah, it was, I was much more relaxed but also able to just to push the character further and make something bigger. Kasapian have announced a Dublin date this October. The band will play the Three Olympia on October 21st. It comes as the group prepares for the release of their seventh studio album, Alchemist's Euphoria. Tickets go on sale on Friday morning. Metallica have reacted to that Stranger Things scene featuring Master of Puppets. They've said it's an incredible honour to have the track featured on the hit show. The heavy metal band are big fans of character Eddie Munson's rendition of their 1986 track in the final episode of the Netflix sci-fi show's fourth season. Chrissy, this is from you. the buzz i'm louise the buzz on lmfm keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the lmfm app i've still to watch the last two hour two and a half hour episode shush the buzz don't be giving away stuff i did actually hear though about the metallica song which is pretty epic uh, stranger things it is on netflix right now um i will be giving you my tv recommendations a little bit later on in the show as well so stay tuned for them first let's get back to the music here's madonna There she is, Madonna, Material Girl, LMFM's 11 to 1. Want to remind people that Pride in the Park is happening this Saturday in Delete Courthouse from 12 to 3. It's going to be a great day for everybody. There's going to be face painting, music, information and advice for parents. There's a colouring competition as well. It's completely free, hoping to bring the community together. So it's Delete Courthouse. 12 to 3 this Saturday Pride in the Park now getting back to today and uh, as always on a Thursday we have our advice from our lovely vet Hazel Mullins she's from Highfield Veterinary Clinic in Navan and today she's going to be uh, focusing again on doggies and dry eye in dogs The LMFM Vets and their Pet Series Brought to you by Highfield Veterinary Navan Watch out for their new state of the art pet hospital opening soon in Beachmount Home Park Navan for a point Call 046-9022-487. It's time to return to our regular vets and their pet series in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic, Beachmount Home Park in Navan. And I'm delighted to have our vet Hazel Mullins on the line. This week we're focusing on doggies again and specifically dry eye in dogs. Hazel, great to have you back with us. Thanks, Sinead. Great to be back. So we're talking about doggies and another problem that we see cropping up again is dry eye. So what is dry eye and what causes it? Yeah, so dry eye is a condition that develops um, 
due to severe lack of tear production. So it can be quite painful and if it's left untreated, it can kind of cause secondary um, infections, so, you know, conjunctivitis and eye ulcers. And, you know, it can actually become something you know, that can cause blindness if it's not treated. So it's, gen- it's actually an immune-mediated um, condition. So the body is actually attacking the tear glands itself. And then the, that's why the tears aren't being produced. So it's, a, it's not like, I, I, not 100% how common it is, but we would see it in practice. And perhaps it's maybe slightly underdiagnosed, maybe that, you know, that, you know, you just kind of think that your dog has crossed the eyes and, and, and that's, you know, the way the dog is. But actually, maybe there might be something going on under the surface that their tear glands are being, um, you know, affected by their immune system. And then their, their, their glands are not producing the tears. So it can be quite painful. And it is something that, that becomes, you know, that you're going to the vet regularly. But it is, it is quite, we can go into diagnosis later, but it is, it is quite easily diagnosed as well. Um, but yeah, that's generally the overview of what dry eye is. Okay, and, and how can we spot the, the signs of this? Like you mentioned, the, the crusty eye, that kind of thing. Is there any signs and symptoms to watch out for? Yeah, so generally it kind of develops and then it gets worse over time. And it usually affects both eyes, um, even though one might be slightly worse than the other. But generally it's, it's, it's two eyes that are affected at one time. So you've got your thick sticky discharge, um, redness around the eyes, painful. They might be kind of, you know, irritated eyes, blinking a lot, um, rubbing their face with their paws as well, itchy eyes. Um, and then they kind of just look a bit dull and just frequent eye infections and, and ulcers then as well. So it generally is, a, you know, we call it bilateral. So the mm-hmm. two eyes are affected. Oh, that, that I was going to ask that. Yeah, was it just a one eye or both eyes are affected? OK. And, and in terms of different types of breed of dog, does it affect one breed more, say, than another? Yeah. So unfortunately, there is kind of there are breeds that are more predisposed. So your Cavalier King Charles, Pugs, uh, Westies, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, anything that more dogs so that maybe have like eyes that slightly maybe bulge out a little bit more mm-hmm. or probably be a little bit more predisposed. They're more predisposed to ulcers anyway because obviously they don't have as much uh, protective, um, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of on out on their, you know, out to the elements a little bit more yes. than other dogs. So when they're going into bushes and things like that, they can get ulcers a lot. So it doesn't mean that they have dry eye. It just means that they are more predisposed to having eye issues and um, dogs like that so it is um it's hard to say like i think any dog can get affected mm-hmm. but you know you would we would see these particular breeds more more um regularly in practice they are the dogs that, that can you know perfect the puppy eye look <laughs> yeah oh they are and like bulldogs you know your boxers as well like they they would be a very common breed that we because they're quite in, you know they're they're inquisitive dogs they yes. like going in and looking around around them bushes and things like that so they get they get the scratches on their eyes and um, so uh, boxer ulcers are, are one of the things that, that vets will be very common you know aware of in practice so yeah any of those type of dogs that you know you yeah the real puppy dog looking eyes <laughs> they're the ones that are unfortunately more predisposed to, to ulcers but again they, they can get dry eye as well. Okay so mm-hmm. when should we call the vet then for diagnoses what sort of stage like I mean it's obviously something not to let go on and on. Yeah because it can really become very painful and you know this time of year as well, look, there is allergic um, kind of conjunctivitis. I know mm-hmm. we've covered allergies before. So some dogs will actually get 
an allergic kind of response to pollen and grass, you know, things in the environment during the summer. And that can look a little bit like dry eyes. So it's very important to go to the vet and get a diagnosis. Um, so it's, it's generally like just any of those symptoms I mentioned before, redness, um, discharge, itchy eyes, anything like that. And then maybe if it isn't one of the breeds, like the Cavaliers, the Pugs, um, the Shih Tzus, any one of those breeds as well that may be more predisposed, definitely would be kind of thinking uh, to bring your dog. But I think, look, any any dog with sore eyes, it's yeah. hard to miss. Yeah. And I do think you, you kind of think, oh, I sh-, you know, I should bring the dog to the vet and get that checked. So it's important to bring them when they're, you know, when it's not gone too far. Mm-hmm. So um, and then when they're in the vet, they can get a... a um, a test called a Shearmer's tear test. So it's a little piece of t- um, paper and we just stick it um, like in the corner of the eye and then we wait until the, the, you know, the fluid of the eye moves up and there's a little scale. So if it's below a certain level, we know that there's a, there's a dry eye issue. So if it's something like an allergy or just a normal conjunctivitis, this test will, will not be positive. Like it'll be a negative test. So we'll be able to rule out dry eye. So anything... Um, Anything above um, 15 millimetres on the thing would be would be normal. So anything below that then would indicate dry eye. So it's a little test we can do straight there in the consult. You know, you can do it right in front of the owner and mm-hmm. make sure we can pick it off, rule it out when we are looking at sore eyes and dogs. So it's just something to be aware of, yeah. Yeah, God, the, the stuff that they have now in medical advancements, it's fantastic, know, these well, kind of things. It's, and it's great to be able to do it very quickly as well, yes. you know, for it to be just be like, look, I don't think it's this or I think, I think it's this. And then maybe we can go and do further tests then and see, you know, what actually is going on. But no, we're, it's, uh, it's, it's quite, quite cool how we can rule it in or rule it out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so what treatment then is available if it is a dry eye diagnosis? Mm-hmm. So we're very lucky to have a, a drug called cyclosporin. So it is um, an, an eye drop and it's a... Um, so it works on calming the immune system. So it's not like an antibiotic or, you know, like an anti-inflammatory. It's actually very specific to the condition, the autoimmune condition that's attack, you know, that's attacking the tear glands. So it just reduces the immune system doing that. And then, you know, in, by doing that, then saves the tear glands and makes sure that the, the, the glands can produce as much tears as possible. Um, so unfortunately, when you're diagnosed with, with dry eye, by a vet, it is a lifelong condition, oh, um, right. so it okay. is it is something that they would have to be on for the rest of their life. Um, false tears as well can help, so always good to maybe have a chat with your vet about which one to use because some of them don't last very long. You know, if you're just going into the chemist, always get a vet's advice on what 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 false tears that you're you're getting, um, and then obviously if it's something else like an allergic or um, a bacterial conjunctivitis, then there's other treatments for those. Um, so it's yeah, it, it, we're very lucky to have a treatment for it. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, it would be a lifelong treatment. So that brings me to my next question then. You know, I know we mentioned some of the breeds that, you know, will get it anyway. Um, is there anything, though, that can be done to prevent it at all? Not really, because because it's an immune-mediated um because it's immune mediated disease, the dog is it's just um I think just in them. You know, it's yeah. in them. Yeah, and it's a genetic, it can be genetic as well. So no, unfortunately you either have it or you don't. And um with obviously with with you know, ulcers and things like that and kind of, you know, maybe keep your dogs out of the bushes and, you know, running around like that. But look, dogs are gonna be dogs. Yeah. So they're gonna get they're gonna if they're gonna get um, you know, things 
they're going to get them. But it, it is, um, no, unfortunately, there's no preventative. I know we always talk about preventative, yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for bringing that up. But unfortunately, no, it's more of a genetic, um, it's like, you know, it's something that the dog is, is born in, okay. develops, basically. Yeah. Okay, okay. Absolutely brilliant advice as always, Hazel. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sinead. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to ask Hazel a question about your pet, you can get in touch with us info at lmfm.ie or you can reach out on 086-1800-658 and don't forget highfield.ie for more information. 11 to 1. Yes, it's Thursday. We're talking TV and uh, the first thing that I want to tell you about is it was on on Tuesday, but I think it's actually being re-shown again on Channel 4 tonight at 10pm. It's called The Making of a Monster and this is the first instalment of a documentary series charting the events and the steady demise of Gillian Maxwell. So the socialite narrowly escaped an initial police investigation into the sexual abuse of dozens of underage girls in Epstein's Florida mansion. However, her subsequent rehabilitation as an environmental list was scuppered when she went on the offensive against an accuser. So lawyers of survivors explained their innovative strategy that forced her into a corner and it really initiated a domino effect that led to the ultimate reckoning. So uh, it's kind of really kind of charting her life you know her early life as well you know um, it sort of makes a decent stab at answering the, the, the question what made her do this so it's called Geeling Maxwell The Making of a Monster it was on as I said Tuesday but it's re-shown re tonight Channel 4 at 10pm and Paul Hollywood is back in our lives. Yes, this is brilliant. Paul Hollywood eats and he's made his way around various parts of the world. But uh, he's uh, going to Mexico now and uh, he samples an oven baked tarantula. I kid you not. In a first look clip from the new series, it's Paul Hollywood eats Mexico. I'm going to give you a little taster of that clip. And fortunately, I can see the actual tarantula on this tortilla or something that he has. So I'm going to just divert my eyes while this clip is on. But here he is eating a tarantula. This is special. <laughs> Baked tarantula. Gracias. <laughs> right. Tarantula? Tarantula. Aha. How do they cook this? In the oven. And there you have it. Yes. <laughs> Delicious, yeah. Mm -hmm. But in, in, the, in the tarantula, tiene una cierta toxina. So it's toxic as well? Si es toxica. Mmm. One, one... One leg. Crunch. Uh -huh. There is no flavour. <laughs> of course he would say something like that that it's no flavour oh my god yeah it's a full on tarantula he's pulling the legs off it that's enough of Paul Hollywood eats but there you go uh, he says uh, he samples fresh cactus the country's hottest chilli the perfect taco and Michelin quality street food and even a scorpion as well so Paul Hollywood eats Mexico begins on Sunday 9pm on Channel 4 and also on All 4 as well I know I'm a bit of kind of on a Channel 4 buzz but anyway there you go um also dropping on Netflix, that's this Friday, the 8th, The Longest Night. Now this uh, is looks really, really brilliant. I saw the trailer for this this morning. It's uh, armed men surround a psychiatric prison and cut off all communications. Their purpose, to capture serial killer Simon Lago. And there's six episodes, one night is what they say. So since the popularity of Money Heist, the audience for Spanish TV shows, yes, it's a Spanish TV show. You have to watch the subtitles, get over it. Uh, it has increased multiple fo folds on this. Fans are now much more well 
welcoming of Spanish title and streaming services. So Longest Note is gearing up for an online release this week and it's been in the headlines for several weeks. So it's uh, edgling towards its online release this week. So as I say, staged in a psychiatric prison, a serial killer is in prison there. To kill the serial killer, a group of armed men decide to break into the prison and finish the job. But little did they know that they would be faced with resistance. That's what all I'm going to say with regards to this. The Longest Night dropping on Netflix on Friday. And also, just another kind of interesting documentary that's on uh, Sky History tonight. The Toys That Built the World. Uh, war, what is it good for? The description says, well, the toy industry, apparently. This new series on landmark designs kicks off with two do- toys invented during wartime. So it, one engineer tried to protect sensitive naval equipment and he develops a spring that can slink down the stairs. Hence the slinky, which is fascinating. Meanwhile, a wartime effort to re- reproduce rubber results in a gooier invention, which results in silly putty so it's just kind of these kind of inventions and how they actually inspired toys that's on Sky History tonight at 10pm and that's my top TV recommendations that'll save you flicking around for ages I had a very exciting Zoom meeting last night with the curators of the very first Boyne Valley International Film Festival, which is launching uh, pretty much now, today. So the festival itself is going to happen from the 12th to the 13th of August and it's curated by renowned filmmaker around this local area here, Frank Kelly, and also uh, my good pal, Colette Farrell from Drihad Art Centre. So the two of them come together to create this two-day event and it's going to feature the best short films from around the country, around the world with a special focus on films made in the Boyne Valley region so it's going to shine a light on the work of talented writer, director and producer Roisin Kearney. This is going to be a selection of her, her shorts going to be screened and also the history and natural beauty of the Boyne Valley uh, really are the backdrop to all of this. So there's going to be uh, shorts as well by Darren Thornton, JJ Harrington, Martin O'Donoghue, Colm Sexton, uh, Joe Rooney's in there as well, Leah Roster, Bill Murphy and Frank Kelly and... I'm going to be part of it because I'm going to be doing a lot of Q&As and a lot of work on this uh, over the next uh, few weeks with them. And they have launched a little trailer, uh, which is kind of, I think it's really beautiful. It's, they look, it has to really be seen, I think, because it's got the stunning Boyne Valley region and the Boyne River uh, in this as well. That's done by Bang Bang Visual here. and uh, But it might give you a little taster of what's to come on the 12th and 13th of August. Here it is. They say a river is silent. Did you ever listen to a river? This river. I think sometimes it whispers. Not because it needs to be heard. Or even wants to be. It just holds so many secrets. It ripples full of tales. Say a river is silent. Not this river. There you go, Boyne Valley International Film Festival. And as I mentioned, very much the Boyne region is going to be celebrated. And it's uh, all the details are on drihid.com, 12th and 13th of August. But we will be updating you over the next couple of weeks of what you can expect. So there you go. Very excited about that. She-
So beautiful on LMFM's 11 to 1. I just got sent a brilliant video by Carlingford Oysters. He's home. Hannes Louette Pfizer. We chatted to him during the week. He was windfoiling around Ireland to raise money for the RNLI. He's home to great celebrations in Carlingford. He has made it. Fair play to him. Had to share that with you today. That is our lot on the show for the, today. Thank you so much for your company as always. Have a great day. We leave you at Soft Cell. Join you tomorrow. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website gilmores.ie to see the amazing 222 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.